Yeah. Nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> is, it, is that similar to your podcast? Do you guys have to do stuff over again or is it pretty? Oh, heck yeah. Hi, welcome to Art Gab. I'm Ashley. I'm Kendra. And today's guest is Brian Hart. Brian is a co-host producer of 10 Besses. He and Karen McFarlane Holman spend their time curating the world's coolest things and then pass them along to you. 10 Bestest is a condensed way for you to learn new things to enhance various aspects of your life. Hart is also a TEDx event organizer at TEDxSalem.com and board member of Salem Progressive Film Series. Brian also works full-time as a video producer and part-time as a social media expert for the River City Rock Star Academy. Brian Hart, welcome to Art Gab. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yay. <laughs> Should we just jump into the questions? No messing Let's around? Do, it. Okay. Yeah. do you want to describe who you are and what you do? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, these questions are always so weird to me, though, for some reason. Um, so you said a lot of the things that I do. Uh, I work full time as a video producer here in Salem, Oregon uh, for Ally Video Productions. I do part time work for River City Rockstar Academy, and then I do a whole bunch of various side projects, including TEDx Salem, the Salem Progressive Film Series. Uh, and yeah, just, I really love volunteering for the community and, and I, one of my passions, which I'm glad to be on the show is I love community art. That's kind of how I started doing some of these bigger projects. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, well, and part of who you are, you're from Salem originally, right? Yeah. Born and raised in Salem. Well, and Brian, I met you through, uh, you're you're involved in so many awesome things around Salem, and I met you through Derby. Right, yeah, I was the event director. It was about the time, I think you started a little bit before, but we were pretty close. I remember yeah. you were kind of just an up-and-comer newbie skater, and uh, and then you kind of turned into a rock star, superstar skater as, as I was on the board for those three or so years, and then you kept going, and I... I had enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the good old days, you did, but then just in that short amount of time, though, like you did so much, like a variety of things for Cherry City. You were on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Designed posters. Like you kind of jack of all trades. And yeah, yeah, they, you know, as most volunteer positions go, everybody, uh, they need a lot of help with organizing and doing events and things like that so yeah anything that i could do i would help as much as i could yeah because i really believed in derby i love salem and the community and i always wanted to have as many interesting things happening so if i can help with that that's kind of how i started in derby i was like wow we have a roller derby team that's amazing i want to do i want to help and and then i yeah well you did a great job you took it a lot of places which oh, is thanks awesome. yeah it was a yeah. lot of fun I, I miss it yeah. Darn COVID times, right? Yeah. But uh, So we were, I kind of know, but Kendra and I'm sure our listeners, you were involved in a project. It was called Before I Die Wall. And uh, what do you, 
what, so what did you have to do with that? And like, what was it? Yeah. So before I die was a global community art project started by Candy Chang. And she had this idea. Uh, it was after Katrina when she lives in New Orleans and there was a bunch of abandoned buildings and, you know, mass destruction. And she took a neighboring uh, house and it was all boarded up and she painted it with chalkboard paint and in stencil wrote out all over it. Uh, before I die, I want to, and then left a blank space and had, you know, a couple hundred of those lines and left a little thing of chalk for people. And the next day it was loaded with people's thoughts, hopes, and dreams. And it was really moving. She ended up doing a TED talk because of it and then started this project. You know, sometimes people keep things to themselves, but she was the opposite. She's like, here are the stencils. Here's how to do it. I want everybody to do this all around the world. And I saw her TED talk and immediately emailed my kind of partner in crime with most of my events, Carly Wright, at like two in the morning. I was like, have you seen this TED talk? We need to do it before I die wall. And she responded like five minutes later because she also doesn't sleep and says, let's do it. And the next week we did a Kickstarter campaign. It was funded by the community. We put up a wall down uh, by the riverfront under the gazebo and had a wall up there for a month and we would just erase it. And then if people would fill it back up and we'd erase it and we took a bunch of pictures and some press came from out of town even. And we actually, she found the wall she, because you know we posted on social media and it's in her book now. She did a book of all these walls all across the world and Salem, Oregon is, was the, the first one in the Pacific Northwest. And, and that led to us actually doing TEDx Salem and kind of getting into that and really doing more in the community. That was kind of the first project. When I saw the impact of that global art, you know, project that we had, I would used to just kind of be a fly on the wall and I would go to the wall and watch people come up and talk about, read other people's dreams and, and then declare what they wanted to do before they die. And it was so powerful. Like it was a moment that I'll never forget listening to people just share these moments, these private moments with people and then share them with the world. It was so moving. And I was kind of hooked from then on to, to do more projects. <laughs> what were some of the um, answers that you remember? Well, it, you know, it was such a, a, a variety of answers. And I think that that's why I love the project so much. Some of them were, you know, I want to do, I want to skydive, you know, very typical things. I want to, um, you know, visit, Peru or wherever and or see Taylor Swift I don't I remember my cousin's uh, kids wanted to see Taylor Swift that was her you know big thing but she's you know six so of course she wants to do that um and but then there were some really meaningful you know like make amends with my father or you know uh beat cancer. I mean, it was such a, that's why it was so powerful is because they would make you laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah. And they're right next to each other and they're both valid. They're both beautiful. And, uh, yeah. And was, anonymous too, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're mostly anonymous. Sometimes people would take pictures with them there and yeah. we would put that on social media and do that as well. But, uh, most of the times they're anonymous and that's what I think why people would feel comfortable sharing maybe something they wouldn't ever share to somebody, you know, there are some really personable things and really some secrets that people would share maybe for the first time. And, uh, 
is just, it was so, I still think about that. That was a long time ago now, but I still think about it all the time. And we still have the walls, you know, we, every once in a while we talk about bringing it back to Salem somehow and even try to find a more permanent location. I've even met with the city and done some things, but it needs to happen because it was, it's such an amazing project. It'd be cool to do a van. Yeah, like a mobile one. Yeah, that would be cool. I actually, I was going to say, I remember when it was at Riverfront and I went to it and it was cool. cool. Yeah. Ashley, do you want to share what you wrote or is it too personal? No, it was, uh, I just said, I, before I die, I want to travel the world. There you (laughs) go. All of it. But yeah, it was fun. It was now, did we know each other when, when I did that? Or was that before we even knew each other? I think it was in the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I remember thinking it was just a cool interactive art piece in a way. Yeah. yeah, It was cool. Um, that's awesome. I think I would totally put, I want to see Willie Nelson in concert. (laughs) Oh yeah. I think I've told you that before, Ashley. I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I would love to see Willie Nelson. Yes, he was just on the Conan O'Brien podcast. Who wouldn't want to? I, I want to hang out with him though. That's what I want to do. I want to not only listen, but I want to hang. I want to party with. Him. Yeah, <laughs> it would be such a blast. <laughs> yeah, little little extracurricular. It's Brian legal now in Oregon, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fill out the the before I die wall. You know that's funny. Um, I, oddly enough, I didn't for a long time. (laughs) And sometimes I do this with my projects. I'm really good about instigating things, (laughs) but not so good about always taking part uh, for whatever reason. I think I finally did, and I don't even remember. I think I did too. I kind of did a fun one. And which who knows what it was. And then I did one that was a little more serious. And and that's, this is kind of depressing is I don't even remember what the more serious one was. (laughs) The one that I remember the most though is one of my best friends. um, She put that she wanted to um, do the tango in Rio, I think. And then she just a couple years passed away and never got to do that. And that's the one that always probably hits me the hardest and and kind of sticks with me and so now i've kind of adopted that one and now i think that's the one i want to do in in honor of her kind of is go to rio and and dance nice i like that That, yeah that's beautiful brian yeah Uh love that um how do we move on to the next question (laughs) after this like um well I, i guess it's a good question it kind of fits um yeah Broader speaking, what do you think the role of art is in society? I mean, this project definitely gets people active in participating in art and also thinking about their goals and mortality. But but broader speaking, do you yeah. think there's a role for art in society? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, art's all around us. And and Ashley and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. We should have recorded it. Um, but I think that, and we've had a TED Talk about this actually too, about art uh, and just being all around us in so many different ways. And, and every building is designed a specific way. That's art, you know. Uh, and so many professions, I think a lot of people don't think they're artists, but they really are. Uh, they think, oh, 
if you're an artist, you're a painter, you know, you draw, you do this medium or that, but there, it's so much broader than that to me. And I think that everything around us, there's art and beauty, uh, and, you know, being a filmmaker in what I do, that's an art form for sure. Uh, a musician is an art form. You're an artist, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's super important to society and, and in the times we're living in right now, I think in pandemic times, it's also sometimes people, I think, have felt that it's there's bigger things to think about right now. But at the same time, I think it's also it's more important than ever to think about art and the beauty and the, the things in life that that are good, because there's so many things right now that are horrible <laughs> that are happening and very serious and very important. But I think that if more people, uh, you know, focused on also the beauty that is around us, even in these really hard times, I think it would be a good benefit for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Like, I need. I feel like going off of that. Like, we need art more than ever right now, just yeah. to like, keep our humanity and like to have some happiness in our lives because there's a lot of hard times this year for sure yeah and I think people if you do have more free time and now's a good time to maybe I know for me I started drawing I used to draw all the time as a kid I took every my grandma was really uh, she volunteered for the Salem Art Association quite a bit in Bush Barn and things like that and I took every class possible when I was a kid she would enroll me and so art was a really big part of my life growing up and I kind of went through this gap period where I myself didn't take part in it very often and then I've now now I want to get back into that where I'm actually doing things um, aside from projects, I mean, community art is still an interactive art is still probably my favorite passion for sure, because I like involving more people with it. But also, yeah, you, if you do have more time with the pandemic, uh, it's a good time to pursue some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, by the way, we should talk about when you were taking classes at Bush Barn, because I, I too took them when I was a kid. I took. Oh, yeah. So maybe there. we have met before. Yeah. <laughs> we're Wrong. <a> little. <laughs> so good so good such a great place um yeah i was gonna say like you're totally right um like taking an art class i um i've been teaching i've been teaching online art classes since the pandemic started and i never thought that it would be such a beautiful sense of community and such an important um exercise for people in this in this time like I, I i see it left and right with my students they like um i don't know if we're just all more sentimental or what yeah <laughs> but, i think so but i feel like they are really opening up to me about how powerful it is to be drawing right now and how to how great it is to be around other even if it's just through zoom but just to be around other artists and um yeah that's yeah. cool yeah yeah, it's definitely changed perspectives on, on all kinds of things, this pandemic, but when you can use it for some good and beautiful things and learn some new things, there was also, when, especially when the pandemic first started, there were so many resources that people were giving away, classes and, and things that you could learn and do, and so I definitely took advantage of that as much as I could, and, and it's still happening. Yeah, now people are just, maybe they're doing classes like you are online, but it's it's still it's still happening, and it's, yeah, it's more important than ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to have that slowdown, too. 
in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally. Like, especially with the elections, I, I don't look, yeah. want to talk about politics, but like, it's so fast. Everything's coming at us so fast. Yeah. And then a drawing really does require us to slow down and think yeah. about it and be one with in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Talk about like you forced, you know, just focusing on one thing and all these distractions you can't when you're doing art it's that's not and it's it's yeah you learn a lot about yourself and and everything around you I think it's really cool yeah so that leads us to our next question uh so it's multiple choice and you know people have picked one or two answers you don't have to stick to just one but uh what influences your work the most is it a a book B, a particular show, C, a specific artist or art movement or musician, or D, a food? Ah, boy, yeah. I mean, it's easy to say all of the above for sure, because they all have at some point. Uh, and it depends, I guess, what we're talking about. If it's if it's my day job and, and some of my side jobs of uh, the film world, then that would be more music probably because I can have that kind of in the background. But a lot of the times when I'm editing and I'm, or, or filming, you know, you can't have music playing. Um, but even when I'm editing, some people edit with music, but I, I have to focus pretty hard. And sometimes I'm cutting to music. So then that's totally different. I can't have distractions. Uh, but I definitely get influence from watching other filmmakers, other movies. Uh, I, I'm a, constantly trying to uh, learn more. One of our sayings on our podcast is stay curious. So I'm always looking at what people are doing in film. What are some new techniques? What's kind of in style right now and not being too in the moment of, you know, just the gimmicky stuff, but just where filmmaking's headed. And uh, so I love watching even in YouTube is a really good resource for that actually. Uh, you know, there's a lot of silly stuff on there, which is fun too, <laughs> but there's tons of good, you know, uh, really good filmmakers sharing a lot of, of their techniques and, and ideas and stuff. So I get a lot of inspiration from that. Uh, definitely in books too, you know, other artists, even like other artists in totally different mediums, you know, like Amanda Palmer, she can sing and, and do something really powerful. And that inspires me to do something and create something totally different in the film world or wherever. Uh, yeah, I think it, I just love it all. I try to take in as much as possible and then get any little gems I can find from it. I was going to, that had me thinking, like, uh, you actually have inspired one of my favorite movies because I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about this, but um, Finding Sugar Man is one of my favorites. Oh. Yeah, but you found out through Sundance, but you've had a lot of experience with Sundance, right? Oh yeah, we didn't even tell. Maybe that was one of the things. Yeah, I've been a volunteer at the Sundance Film Festival for a 19, 18 years. This year was my eighteenth year. That's so cool. So yeah, and I, I saw that movie at Sundance, and then when it came to our local art house theater, Salem Cinema, I kind of gathered a group of friends and yeah you were there there was a lot of people because that was one of those movies where when I saw it was my favorite for the year but I was like this movie is really good like and I knew a lot of people would connect with it and so yeah that's really cool that it's stuck with you it's it's stuck with me too and a lot of people I think that have seen that that yeah 
You always have such good movie suggestions, I have to say. Oh, good. Good. That makes me happy. (laughs) I'm really good at, I think, too, uh, also gauging what people like and then suggesting a movie. Oh, if you, even if it's not movie related, although that helps for sure, but like, oh, uh, you kind of like these things in life. Oh, I bet you I could, you know, you would probably like this movie. Just since I'm such a movie fanatic of going to Sundance forever and watching a lot of movies and being in the business, but I'm different. I'm on the corporate business, filmmaking side. So it's different. It's very different, but, but also the same. There are a lot of things that are very similar. So. Actually, this is kind of off the subject, but um, yeah. It, <laughs> speaking of movies, been watching like um, a Halloween movie every single night. Oh, cool! It's kind of our new October thing. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, for for a Halloween ish movie mm-hmm. that maybe people haven't heard of. Is that what you think? Yeah, like I mean, or? part of our challenge is we have to find some things that are okay for four year olds. But but beyond oh, that, yeah. do you have a favorite? Uh, well, it's so hard for me to pick my favorite movie, but since we're kind of in a genre, so this, my favorite scary movie of all time is that one. Actually, I can say is the exorcist as far as just like classic. It's one of the only movies that really freaked me out. It still does. And it, and it, some of the effects are a little cheesy, but it's still pretty dang scary. Like it's. I went through a phase in my early 20s when I first wanted to be a filmmaker where I did, it wasn't October, but I just decided I want to see every critically acclaimed scary movie. I did different, you know, I did, oh, I want to do Swedish directors and then French directors and things like that. And then, so I picked a block of just scary movies and I watched probably 30 in a row or so. And I remember after that, I remember just one day I walked outside and everything looked different and kind of creepy. And I was like, I should probably stop watching these movies because it's like almost altering my perception. So I'm curious to see, because I know a lot of people are doing this kind of Halloween stuff, but sometimes you throw in, you know, funny ones like Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas or, you know, or things like that. Yeah, that are just a little lighter. But I was watching like the darkest of the dark of every and every country's like scariest movie. And I got, I kind of got freaked me out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> My all time favorite is exorcist too, but Ashley, yeah. what's yours? Well, you know, I need to get into it, but our mom is a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. Mm, yeah. He's so, one of my favorite directors for sure. Yeah. I just like the artistic camera angles and, ways he filmed i don't know if it's so much as scary as like i kind of like the thought behind why he filmed in a certain direction or like you know just like mm-hmm. he had a lot of thought behind how he was filming which i think is very cool but i don't know if that would fall into halloween i mean i love beetlejuice you can never go wrong with that oh yeah yeah always been running around saying beetlejuice 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 by the way yeah. <laughs> doing the better stop yeah. doing that do you know what happens <laughs> I speaking of Hitchcock, um, I heard I too really love like his, how he filmed his work, but um, the uh, I heard once that they did Psycho in black and white because the um, the blood was not as if it, the red blood was not as spooky as the black black and white. Like for some reason, oh, really? like when when your mind has to make up the color, it adds that layer of there's something about it that I don't know. Like he, and I he think it was just chocolate out. syrup. <laughs> I 
maybe that's why he's like it's brown like it's not gonna look right so I do black and white. <laughs> it changes the story completely we did not get murdered we yeah just they were just having a dessert party. <laughs> whole sunday party <laughs> oh okay now i i had to look it up but i do have a, a recommendation of a movie that probably a lot of people haven't heard of that's a good scary movie and it's called thesis so it came out in 1996. I've I, I, forgot, I forgot about this movie. I shared it with a bunch of people when I first watched it. Uh, it's a Spanish film. Uh, it's by a director in, in Spain. Do you remember the movie uh, Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise? And it was kind of cheesy. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw it, but I know, like, I have an idea, like, picture of it in my head. So he did the original movie, which is amazing and it's called open your eyes and then so that's not a scary movie thesis is more it was one of his first films but those are both good films to check out that people probably have never heard of so that's my big halloween gem if you can find thesis check cool. it out for sure yeah and if you can't find it i'll find a way to get it to ashley and she can get it to you i have it on dvd that's awesome <laughs> that's so cool but it's not kid friendly at all <laughs> we get, we have to watch something after hours. Yeah, that's 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 a good idea. Um, and and I don't mean to derail again, but Ashley, you've never answered that, that question either—the multiple choice question. Like, what influences your work? Oh yeah, I know we're not interviewing you, but I was just thinking, like, no, I'm interested for sure. I mean, have you ever? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to think about that one. She's yeah. like onion, food, <laughs> onions. <laughs> well, yeah, <I'm>, food. <laughs> I keep looking at the food and I, I, this is going back to Brian, but knowing him for a while now, like he brought up this thing to me years ago where he's like, we're going to Portland. We're going to this food cart, this food cart, this food cart. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, me and my friends do it every year. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> And I don't know, is it like a food cart palooza or something? Yeah, we call, we call it food cart of palooza. Yeah. That's so cool. That's we just did thing. it a few weeks ago. Wait, wait, wait. What is this? Can you, because I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you've that. never heard about this probably. Yeah. So we spend a day, all day, uh, and we go to as many food carts as we can in one day. So uh, it started with two of my friends, uh, and one of them is the one that passed away, actually, that I mentioned uh, before. And it was the three of us. And then after she passed, we actually kind of now all of our friends do it, which is really cool. And a bunch of us do it. And uh, we were really concerned about this year, though, because of COVID. It was going to be really hard to do, but we were like, we have to do it. We've done it. I've kind of lost track. I think it was officially not our ninth year in a row that we've done this, but uh, it's probably more like 12 times years that we've been doing this so yeah i map out i kind of go crazy and i map out the city and a food cart and it's almost always different every year i think we hit 10 food carts this year um so yeah we eat a lot during the day <laughs> have you have you had okay so what are the best and the worst have you had any horrible experiences or any like mm. mind-blowing awesome experiences Oh yeah, tons of mind blowing. Uh, the the best this year was probably um, oh gosh, what was the name of it? Shoot, it was this chicken sandwich place, and it was one of the last places we went to. 
and that was the best this year. Uh, there's always one. There's almost always one that stands out for the year. Uh, I also like. Um, I really liked Korean Twist. That's like one of the my all-time favorites. So it's a it's a Korean Mexican fusion. So we have like bagogi tacos, and now koi fusion is actually more popular than Korean Twist. But that was the one that we went to first. So it's always kind of my favorite, but they're both amazing. I mean, a, a bagogi taco, of course, it's it's just incredible. Uh, Jojo, I think was, a, yeah, the chicken sandwiches were from Jojo. So they do Jojo potatoes too, like the old deli. Nice. <laughs> only, only really good ones. <laughs> uh, they haven't been left out all day. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but they, you know. I haven't had too many bad experiences. Uh, they've been you all. You don't have to tell us names of bad experiences. <laughs> you don't have to like call them out, but yeah, I'm no. sure you've had interesting. The talk. food card game in Portland's pretty strong, <laughs> so they're pretty dang good. They don't last too long, I think, if they're bad. And uh, and usually when I'm making our our list, I'll look at best food carts in Portland for 2020 or 2019. Like, I, and there's plenty of publications, so I'm usually going to the cream of the crop. Uh, once in a while, you just get maybe someone that's a little bit busy and, and maybe a little uh, not as polite, but they're pretty dang good, almost always. You almost can't go wrong. And I'll have to give Salem some props, though. Our food cart scene's coming up lately, which is really exciting to see. And I'm sh we've done a, a mini Salem food cart of Palooza before, but we'll probably do an official one pretty soon because we have some good resources here, too. Nice. I recently saw, I've had a couple of friends posting like macaroni and cheese sandwiches at somewhere oh, yeah. in Salem. I'm like, whoa. That's oh, cool. whoa. Yeah. I've definitely had that in Portland yeah. at, at one of their food cart pods, but uh, I, I didn't know Salem had one. So yeah, that's dangerous. Those things whew, can only that's have so many of those. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you have to try it. I know. I'm like, I got to try it, but I have to be real hungry, I think, that day. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, you could, you have so much, like, man, 12 years, you could write a whole, like, podcast on your, 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 uh, food card experiences. Yeah. But that leads me to, like, you do have a podcast. Do you want to oh, yeah. kind of give us an idea of that? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Our name of our podcast is 10 Bestest. Uh, it's 10 bestest.com, one zero bestest.com uh we've been doing it for it's coming up on four years now which is kind of wild so we've done i think a hundred and i don't know how many have published 164 165 because we always kind of publish ahead like you guys probably do as well so i think we're in the like 170s right now but yeah we've uh we just talk about our five favorite things of the moment um so it can be anything we really leave it open to whatever the five things that we are just digging at that moment so it can be and it can be uh, a book a movie artists for sure i talk about artists a lot um or art movements or things like that uh philosophy we get really deep we get really silly and it's a really fun podcast yeah it's very cool um, yeah um so i i think i have the last question here um what is next for you Oh, yes, because uh, I always have a lot of stuff cooking for sure. <laughs> and uh, so my big project right now, something that I'm really passionate about is 
Well, in general, street art. I love street art. It's community interactive art is probably number one, but really close number two is street art. And uh, so I'm really trying to get more street art in Salem. Uh, I want to start getting more murals and street art. And that's one of my favorite things about going up to Portland. They have so much. It's so beautiful up there. And uh, we don't, we have some for sure, um, but we don't have a ton. And uh, so what I've been doing is going to the Salem Public Arts Commission uh, for the last year and a half. It's a little bit different now. Uh, pandemic, of course, has changed everything. So it's a little bit harder now. And for a while, I was also like, uh, is this what I want to focus on right now when there's so many other things going on? Uh, but now, like we kind of touched on, I think it's time. I think people need art and, and that could help. Uh, the logistics will just be a little bit different with the pandemic, I think. But uh, that's really my next project for for Salem and the community is more art, more street art in, in general, more murals, more things like that. But, the, uh, you know, there's there's the, the way you have to go about it in Salem. And that's changing, too, which actually is really exciting to, to open it up to more people as well. So that's my next big project in Salem. Nice. There's a lot of cool blank walls, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there's a local group called Forest for the Trees. Have you heard about that? Yes, them? absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I think I talked about them on my podcast before. Yeah. I, I, do you know if they're still active? Because it seems like they took a little bit of a break. Yeah, I don't know. I used to be really involved with the, the, the regional arts and culture. Okay, like, cool. Um, council, like mural, I would help them. I would help them choose people to fund for yeah. mural. And they were always like active that there, but that was like, haven't really been doing that for a few years now. And so I'm kind of out of the loop. Yeah, and I need to look at them again. Yeah, but I've been seeing a lot of new murals and I don't know if they're related to forest for the trees or if it's just because of, um, because there's so much turmoil on the streets here mm -hmm. um, and so many boarded up buildings that, that artists are just taking over. So I don't sure. know if it's them or if it's something else, but <laughs> um, I love that you're doing that in Salem. And I think that, Hey, you know, count me in if you, Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah I would love to help with that. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Because the forest for, for the trees, they did like a big, like they had like a week, was it a week or a couple of days where tons of artists all over Portland would do these murals and they, they would bring people in some really amazing artists all from over, the, all world. over the world. Yeah. yeah. Some of my favorite murals I think are from them, like uh, faith 47, I think yep. and yep. duck and people like that are just some of my all time favorites. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Blaine Fontana. And yeah, there's some, there's some good ones for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they would, you know, jump at the chance of going to Salem because, yeah, like Ashley said, there's all these great walls yeah. and, um, yeah, I mean, and it kind of gets me thinking about what we were talking earlier about the before I die wall. I mean, it's something that, you know, doing a mural, I feel like is, it's definitely something I would want to do before I die. It's like this larger thing. Mm. It's beyond, you know, beyond my own needs. It's being part of a community and, I don't know. I think it's a beautiful thing. And then, yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of different projects like we've talked about, but, and then, and that's, I guess also what's next for me is I'm thinking about more of like legacy projects though, mm -hmm. you know, things that will last way past me and that are, 
and not just for me, they're for the whole community for forever, but things that will really, that people will remember, you know, that will, yeah. like the, you know, some of my big inspirations here, like the carousel and things like that. And so those are things that I want to be a, a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good to talk to you. I feel like I could talk forever because you have so many great things going on. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on the on the podcast. It's really an honor to be here. Glad you guys asked me. And Brian, we should have you on again, like down the road. Anytime, I'm down. Sure. Follow us at stumptowncreative.com forward slash artgab. Or you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as Apple Podcasts.